Hey, it's Jeffrey Lyles. You're listening to Lyles Movie Files. On today's show, we are talking about movies where their sequels took way too long to come out. And the iron was not only not hot anymore, it was frigid. It needed to to defrost. It had taken so long. We're also talking about TV characters that we used to love and then hated. And then characters we used to hate and now really love. I'm sure you can think up a few examples. If you have some, drop a comment on LylesMovieFiles.com. While you're there, you also can be right in the running to get free passes to see Avengers Infinity War. I am giving away passes, so if you want to go to one of the biggest movies probably ever, drop a line, tell me who your favorite Avenger is, and you're in the running. That's all you got to do. And that's all for me. This is a long show. I didn't want to cut anything. It was too good, and I just really enjoyed what we were talking about. So, hope you enjoy it, and I'll catch you back on the flip side. Alright, we're here. It's Wednesday, April 11th. Uh, it's a very special show. We're dedicating this one to our man, Gunner, whose wife just delivered their son. So shout out to Gunner and, and the little gun out there and Allison, too. Uh, I've got, of course, with me my main man, Chief. What's up, sir? I don't know who that was going to because just as you uh, <laughs> spoke the uh, word of that, whoever you was talking to. That was to you, man. You didn't hear my, my oh, okay. great introduction as I was setting you up? The introduction was great, man. Okay. But all I heard was, uh, here comes, unmuted. Oh, so. all right. <laughs> here goes the main man, Chief. So you hear it. What's up, Chief? How you okay. doing? Hey, what's, what's up? What's going on, man? Uh, how How's everybody, man? Good so far. Let's, let's see how little brother Jace is. Jace, how are you? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm good. Good deal. And... Last but certainly not least, Jay King. What's up, sir? What is good, Jeffrey? What's good, crew? How's everybody's week? All right, let's just jump right into it. We got so much stuff, and I, I there's so much. We got some cool topics, and we got two features that I think are going to be a lot of fun. So let's jump right in right now to TV. So Walking Dead had its penultimate episode last week. And this one saw Negan return to the sanctuary and let a few heads know about it. And Rick read Carl's letter and Daryl and Rosita decided to use their major tracking skills to bring in Eugene and Dwight makes a fateful decision. So this episode, I really like this one. And I always feel like Walking Dead, no matter what problems go on through the course of the season, they will absolutely positively bring it on that home stretch right before the season finale. I forgot to mention our boy Aaron, who decided sweet food and security. They're non-essentials in his quest to get the Oceanside crew to help Hilltop fight off the saviors. So that was really interesting. Um, I think he needed to have anything like a long stick, spear, Maybe even some rabbits to eat when he was sitting waiting for them to come around. Anyway, so that was everything was going down. Negan found out that Dwight was a traitor in his camp and he set him up to set up Rick and his crew. And he told Michonne, the time for talk is over. It's about to be an all out, all out war. And Eugene has apparently chosen his side. He is all team saviors, team Negan and he's just a trash character at this point and Daryl proves once again his 
uh, tracking skills leave everything to be desired. Gentlemen, what did you think about this episode? Let's start with you, Jace. Okay. Uh, I actually watched this one a little bit before you, and I, I said, all right, you, you were going to enjoy this episode, and, I, and I'm glad to hear that you did. Uh, this episode kind of really said, like, okay, for all our problems with Knoxville Day, at least this is going to be the end of the war, and we're going to have to get to another storyline, because there, there, there are too many characters that are kind of dead weight now, and potentially this war is going to knock a couple of them out. Um, I really enjoyed uh, Negan. Kind of, I know who I know who who the idiots are. I know I know. I'm sorry, not idiots, but I, I know who the traitors are, and I, I got this nice trap set for both of them. And Simon, as much as I enjoyed him, his trying to have a uh, coup planned out in the open was one of the dumber things probably you could do. Even though you say he's not a strategist, that was just like, oh, let's have a coup meeting out in the open. I'm sure no one will see this. Even even if you didn't know somebody was going to rat you out, that was just stupid. But I, I like how Megan and Rick said, yeah, Carl, that was a nice letter, but uh, there's no kumbaya after what has happened. We got too many dead bodies on both sides. And in a small country, in a small world, each one of these people is important. And after seeing Abraham and Glenn's head bashed in, there's really going to be no uh, return from that on Rick's side. And then Negan's like, you know what, after that whole attempt to kill me like 20 times, I'm not going to let any of that slide. So you're going to go too. So I was glad to see that. Uh, I don't know what Aaron was thinking, just kind of not sitting in a tree, catnish style, uh, just trying to sit out, sleep out in the, in the wild with no water. Uh, just using a, I mean, just a, using a little bit of water you can find off some rain, and no sleep. Trying to get the uh, ladies from the village to come help out. That was kind of like just instant way. If I'm wanting to see how quickly I can die, versus actually you know trying to save myself. But yeah, I thought it was a very enjoyable episode. Really looking forward to the finale, uh, to, especially getting to a new storyline after this season. All right, what you got? All right, that was good. I'm going to let, let's hear from chief. Let's hear his thoughts first. And uh, then I'll go from there. Uh, it was a better episode. I'll give it that. <laughs> uh, the Simon whole thing, the, the Simon thing, like Jay said, man, I, you know, you knew it was coming to an end though. I, I figured my man was going to set him up. Um, Cause Negan, I put him in that position. We was like, well, you know, you always do the right thing, type thing. Now, excuse me if I'm wrong, but Dow's a tracker, right? Allegedly. I mean, this dude used to go tracking in the forest and get food and find yeah. cans and whatever they needed. But Eugene's a man is better. If a man is running through ash. Hold, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. All right, you got to let him talk, sorry. man. He can't can't hear what Chief is saying. You're cutting all into him. All right, Chief. You first, then you, Jason. Okay. Um, if a man runs through ash, does that ash not leave a a footprint? So they, they run up to the ash pile. He must have gone this way. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you'll know if he goes that way because he ran through ash. You see his footprints in the ash. You'll see the ash trailing off. This is what you do. You're a hunter. 
I, who, I, I ran through Ash before and practice, <laughs> and, and no, sitting at home. Um, but, you know, I guess, you know, it, it, Daryl and that girl seem to fail a lot, don't they? Yes, they do. Uh, wasn't wasn't their plan to, to crash through the prison wall with the washers with the washers? <laughs> right? And and then and then that went that went bad and now they can't do a simple kidnapping. That goes bad. Um Hold, Chief, I'm sorry, Jeff. I, I'm sorry, but I, hold up, hold I got to piggyback. Hey, hey, Please let me say this. Hold oh, up, say hold go ahead. I'm sorry. I want Jay to forget his point. So Jay Z first, then you mind. Oh no, no, I, I, I was gonna mess with uh, There was a point where Daryl was able to track uh, Maggie's sister like for miles in the city, and now he can't find any deserted. Like Aaron City, he can't find Eugene hanging out in that. Like Chief is right. Like, huh? What is your use anymore? Like, is this trying to set everybody up so like y'all need to get unattached to Daryl because his end's coming up? Javon, what you think? Or what was your piggyback? Chief nailed it. It's there. Like Jason just alluded to, you you track down little Blondie into the city of Atlanta. But you couldn't find the most useless character outside of a laboratory in the whole series. So you couldn't just say, okay, he, he, he walked through the ash, and that was it. We, we got to go this way. I'm going to get to that when you get to me, but that's all I had to say. Yeah. All right, Chief, you got anything else on your end, man? No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, I, I had a lot of problems with the whole Eugene subplot completely i did think that was a pretty creative gross out way to escape from somebody by forcing yourself to throw up and them losing track of you for a second but my main thing and and hopefully i'm not stepping on javon here but my main thing was why are you bothering to make eugene a hostage and make him work for y'all He's he is too valuable to the saviors. You've already seen it. He's making bullets. He helped the saviors get the walkers away from your first plan to kill them. So to me, and maybe there's some, hey, you know, he used to roll with us. But in this situation, in a war, if you got a traitor, you got to take that dude out. He's too valuable to the saviors and you can't trust him. So there's no reason to keep him alive. Javon, what's your take on this whole thing, man? My my whole take, Jeff, I got a couple things. I, that this episode to me was a half smoke in a, series, a, a, a season of hot dogs. So we got a half smoke after eating hot dogs all year, and we thought, oh, man, this is delicious. It really wasn't. It was a day old on, and on an old bun. This episode gave you the reveal of who Negan picked up on the side of the road. And if anybody knows in The Walking Dead, they love to do that kind of thing where they tease you with, oh, what's going to happen next week? Who is this? Who is that? I knew it was the girl who knew the, uh, what's his name, Dwight's secret, because what's the point not showing her, right? And that was the biggest wild card. Where has she been and how long can Dwight keep his rules up? And my thing is this. Why does Dwight even trust Negan for us? Not even trust him. 
why do you put up with him and that smile and his bullshit for a second? This guy has showed you time and again that he is not worth trusting and he's not worth being on his side. You should have been made your choice and never came back to the compound. Never. I think even in the face of saving Tara. Now, let me uh, respond to that one because you make a good point. Mm-hmm. I think his whole deal has been he knows that if Negan gets taken out in a way where the Hilltop can't take everyone else out at the same time or cripple their operations, it's going to be worse. There's going to be somebody like Simon who is going to burn the whole town down. But Negan keeps everybody in line. He keeps the crazies together in one spot. And if you take Negan out away from them where they are not completely completely demoralized watching their leader get killed, there's going to be a problem. So I think that was his whole deal. And I mean, he was, he's kind of like Eugene in the sense that he's, I mean, he's, he's much more committed to the Hilltop than Eugene was, but he's like, well, if they lose, I'm going to keep my face. I think Dwight needed to make sure that girl was killed. And I'm like, you, I knew who it was. And I don't think they were really trying to make it a long mystery because it was what two weeks ago? Was it just last week? So they weren't trying to make it like, Hey, this is going to be a big payoff. You'll see what happens. I think they gave us enough credit that we're going to know who this is. And no, it it, it had been a while. It was from the the mid season finale when that happened. No, when he picked her up. That's all. When he picked her up. But as yeah. far as how long she, the mystery of whether or not she was dead or alive. So we still oh, have that floating I mean, out there. That show, they never, I mean, if they don't show right. the body, I don't count him dead. Like, I'm still thinking right. Heath is still alive because we still didn't alive. see his body. So, I mean, they, they've trained us enough on that. I mean, if nothing else with Glenn, if we don't see a ripped up, dead, shot in the head body, there's still violence. And we assume nothing. Yeah. Right. But that was the thing for me. You knew that was who she, he, he had picked up. I knew that's who he had picked up, right? So with that said, and even with, um, like you mentioned, with, with, with all of that said with Dwight, with her still, there's a wild card, because you know there's a wild card if you're Dwight, that, that she's not dead, not alive, it's not confirmed. I'm not going to stick around, dude. It's, it's too hot. It's too much heat on me already. It's too much heat on me, and not for nothing, oh boy, Eugene knows my secret. I'm not going to stick around for that. I am ghost. That night where I got my escape, that would have been it. I would have been a DOA for the saviors, and I would have made my bones at the hilltop. Yeah. That, that's me, right? But doesn't a good double agent go in like, all right, I'm not completely exposed. I mean, like, maybe he's like, all right, in theory, you're like, all right, this lady is one, one, just one lady. Maybe she gets in the, uh, get a trap by some walkers, heard a walker, she's dead. So that's one. This, but that's one. He's got two on. He's got two. Because what, well, what's I mean, the thing that Eugene. Coward, though. Eugene's such a coward. All you have to do is threaten him to actually really think, hey, he could die. He will do what you want to. That's literally why Negan has been fighting for him. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't trust that because knowing that he's such a coward. If Negan would have put the pressure, and we're talking about hypotheticals, there's no need to get into all that. But just to say, you know, we're talking person to person, it's real, real, real talk. If I know that he is that much of a coward, my street sense is going to kick in. If, if Negan or anybody else, for that matter, puts the pressure and says, you know what, we're going to find who the rat is. Let's, 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 let's see what Eugene knows. Let's put some pressure on him. He's going to talk first. Um, Daryl has been regulated to grunts and scowls. 
this 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 version of Daryl is a far cry from the Daryl of the last four seasons. Daryl ain't got that much screen time, and now Daryl is as dumb as a bag of hammers. I don't trust his decision maker for nothing in the world. And why? And like you you said, Chief, why why do he and Rosita keep going rogue and 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 there's zero benefit? There's zero benefit in what they do. The plan to crash the dump truck into the the, the sanctuary that went well. This plan to kidnap the bullet maker, Eugene, that went well. You mean you tell me you guys couldn't have made it 200 feet away from the building without him throwing up? And then uh, don't y'all cover yourselves in blood and guts on a weekly basis? Some some puke is is what got him away from you, really? Because he no, threw up? I would I would have I would have let him get away for a second. I would have shot him. I would have shot him in his leg. The moment that whole deal started, so it wouldn't have been an issue of me getting any of his vomit on me. Also, I don't think that this is the end. Eugene is going to put, he's going to hit them with the wee-wee right here. He's going to give them dud bullets. He's going to give them dud bullets. I'm going to guarantee it. Because that whole speech Rosita gave him touch, he, it sparked something in him. That's why you saw him pull Eugene, um, what's his name? Eugene poor father, whatever his name is, gave him to the line. They bought to pull something on him. Watch. They're going to pull something on him. This is going to turn the tables. I don't trust Eugene. I don't trust Eugene at all. He would have been dead. He could have had some. He could have had some absolute dud bullets, but I would have never known about it because he would have long been dead on my end. So Jace, so it's Flash and some of the other shows are kind of getting a little inconsistent. We've had Team Arrow's complete fallout this week. Diggle decided he had enough of Oliver's stuff. He could not trust him anymore. They came to blows. The brothers in arms threw down, and I really was conflicted with this episode, right? So I didn't necessarily love how they set it up, but I thought that Stephen Amell and David Ramsey did such a great job with their performances and making it seem like those characters completely bought everything they said. I was turned around enough that I was like, okay, I'll go along with this. I didn't love it, but their acting was so, so good that it worked for me. Now, some things also did not work for me with this episode. We have Curtis, who for some reason is the legal guardian to Renee's daughter now. And one of the major plots of this entire season was Renee wanted his daughter back. So he's written out the show. We don't even see his daughter go visit him in the hospital. No one seems to care about Renee outside of the plot device daughter. And now Curtis is working with this new guy or new cop. And they're both feeling each other. Even if the cop doesn't like vigilantes. And Curtis is all upset because, oh, he won't like me because I'm a vigilante. I don't know why this late in the season they decided was a good time to start up a new relationship unless they're going to kill off cop boyfriend and make Curtis stop acting like such a clown. But he's he's the worst. His subplot so stupid. They managed to drag uh, Black Siren or Black uh, Canary down with them where she's scowling and not really doing anything useful anymore. And the whole Black Siren storyline is just so absurd to me because we've got all this stuff and... Everyone's still trusting her, and I just don't get it. I mean, they're not doing anything of of kind of on the sly watching her. They're just kind of assuming, hey, it's all good. We can trust her now because she helped us that one time despite killing Vince. And no one seems to mention Vince whatsoever as the main reason why they can't trust her. So what do you think about what's going on in Arrow right now? 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I kind of encapsulated certain parts of this episode. Like, if you looked at what happened between Diggle and Oliver, like, if you just took their scenes throughout the season, cut everybody, all these other side characters out, that, sent, that scene, I mean, their scenes together made perfect sense. Because Diggle was like, are you sure that's the way to go? He mm-hmm. always was kind of like, I'll back in place, but are you sure that's the way to go? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he's like, you know what? You've gone too far. I mean, it's like you finally hit my, my bridge. I'm not crossing it with, with you alone. This is ridiculous. So their scenes, were, like I said, their scenes were excellent. The side character romance, just, they always, they're always useless. Like, so what's his name? Uh, Curtis and stuff. Just like, just, I, I just was like, fast forward. I don't care. I'm watching this live. I'll go use it as a bathroom break. Uh, even like Black and Air, I mean, the current Black and Air seems just like she's now basically regulated to making sure these two young lovebirds are actually doing stuff that versus working on the investigation of who all these dirty cops are, who's the dirty dude in the DA's office, which you, you, you forgot the fact that the DA fired all the good cops. I'm sorry, the, the police chief fired all the good cops after he was fired by Oliver and it makes a press conference. It's like, you, you put it in your review. It's like, what dude doesn't make sure there isn't a press conference to say, hey, I fired the police chief and the DA because they were dirty and they were in bed with this guy. But and and why there was no security escorting them out the second he fired them. They shouldn't have been able to yeah, do anything like, because if you can't trust them, if you know they're working with the bad guy who's blackmailed and bankrupt your city why would you let them even get to their computer where they can go hey he's on to us or send files that the city needs it made no sense and and so, i mean that's why diggle's right i'm with the diggle on that you're making dumb decisions you're stretch yourself too thin and you're acting like a moron yeah i mean because it's like like you said anybody like say like in any government you lose your security clearance or whatever you're escorted out don't pack your bags we will send them to you like you don't have time to make it like, all right, bring everybody in your office. Uh, you're fired. Like, even if you can say, hey, I know you got, especially when you know these people have, like, the the, I mean, the, the bad guy has leverage over them. You literally make a big A scene, like, hey, they're fired for contra, uh, conduct detrimental to the city. They'll never do anything on the city again. Like, when you move on, they, you, you nominate one of the guys in your little task force. Now, hey, this guy is above reproach, and we can trust him in the city. Like, you make a big show, or you talk to somebody from Central City and say, hey, Barry, you know anybody who was wasn't corrupt over there? We need him over here. Can you flash him over here, and they're the new police chief? But, I mean, so that was kind of ridiculous. Uh, like, the, as I mentioned on the site, it's like when you were talking about, like, uh, Renee, like, the fact that her, him and Zoe just don't see any other – I'm really hoping the actor who's uh, Renee is literally has a nice movie that he's working on. And that's why they're not even showing him in his hospital bed as much as they did Thea when she was in her color early on in the season. So uh, there, there was, I mean, there was parts you just had to encapsulate like, Hey, this was really good. The other parts are really good. And since I always bash Felicity, I actually want to give her credit. She did a great job. Like actually being a middleman, like, yo, Y'all need to chill out at least for five minutes. Like, get your crap together, and we can actually come back. And then y'all have it out. Go to blows after 
I after we've done this. So it, it's a in, in especially like in the home stretch of this season. It's like uh, I don't know where he's gonna go. All right, so now let's move on to another CW show, which I think is now in the running. This pun was intended as the worst superhero show going right now. I'm talking about The Flash, and it hurts me to say that, but The Flash is so far off the rails from where it started, maybe not even started, but it's so far off the rails from the mid-season break when they had this really cool twist with DeVoe being killed and Barry in prison and DeVoe having a new body. It just seemed like there was so much they could do. And everything cool they could have done, I think they've done the opposite. So this episode, Flash gets to learn a life lesson from Ralph Dibney. And he is continuing to be the most obnoxious supporting character they put on the show. And I don't know who's so fascinated or thinks that the audience loves Ralph, but we do not. And he sucks. And this version of the character is awful, abysmal, atrocious, and any other A word you'd like to use to describe him. Uh, He sucks. And uh, let's see. They fought Cardi B slash uh, Null. And she had this cool power. Or it wasn't a cool power, but she used it cool. And the actress, uh, Bethany Brown, I think is her name, she was was all into it. So that made it work. And yeah. But man, there was some funny stuff. And I will go into my thoughts on it, but I want to hear from you guys first. Chief, what did you think of this episode? Oh, man. You know I didn't even want to express an opinion. (laughs) <laughs> uh, this episode was trash <laughs> I mean just trash at the lowest at the at the bottom of the bag where everything just kind of mixes the, in, in the trash bag you don't know what it is anymore um, uh, I mean the beginning was stupid the, uh, the Silent Bob Jay and Silent Bob uh, comedy routine, um, you know, they they leave a a, 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 a a jeweled crown outside while they go get a a a, a, a dolly or a truck to to carry it inside. Which, after the girl made the box float into the air, smashed to the ground, you find out that the case was only three feet by three feet. Like they could have carried that in. Um, <laughs> it's the, the the Ralph thing, the 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 guy that plays Machete. I can't think of his name right now. That Danny, whole Danny Trejo. Yeah, that whole. And I don't want to say nothing bad about because I don't want the man showing up at my door. Uh, but th- that just that whole. It was just stupid. Um, <laughs> I sat through it, man, because that's. That's what we do here at, 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 at this gig here, but um, I mean, she's dropping cars. She's the flash is floating. Uh, it, it it just had no substance to the whole. It was just like if I had wrote an episode and then let it out there, and I don't know how. I don't know nothing about writing, but I might have come up with something better than that. I don't, I don't know if they ran out of ideas. I was telling Jeff, I don't, I don't know if someone in the group, if, if they just came to work and said, you know what, we got nothing. The hell with it. Uh, 
What you got? Well, let's let's put a floaty girl in. All right. What does she do? She just likes to steal shiny things. That's it. No purpose. Just steal them and then what? That she okay. So she's gonna run around, come to the city, run around, no purpose. I mean, hell, after the first ice, she was good. She could have. <laughs> I mean, I mean. So uh, I, I don't. I, you know. I mean, where do you begin? I, listen, listeners out there, and I know some of you probably watch Flash. Like, where do you, this, the only good part about the episode was the doctor putting in the rest of the lemonade recipe and finding out what she found out. Other than that, I just didn't understand the, I didn't, under, like, it was, it was not entertaining. They, they had jokes. They were trying to, like, they tried to turn it into kind of a comedy. I, maybe, maybe if I look at it like, because when the Flash does the dancing parts, like you have the, the Flash, the musical, which I don't understand what they do, why they have musical Flash, you know, at some point during the year, maybe this was comedy Flash. <laughs> and we just didn't see the commercial saying this was comedy Flash. Like, hey, we've got a new Flash episode. It's just comedy Flash. Um, and then that maybe, maybe that would have made sense to me. <laughs> Cause maybe I took the I took watching Flash in a serious way, you know what I mean? Like, okay, this is a serious episode. You know, things are happening are supposed to be serious, and it was just comedy Flash the whole way through. Um, I I don't even know what I mean. He floats up in the air, and then what made him come down? I don't like. Does he, does, does, she, does he come down because she wants him to come down, or I think I, they used a I mean, power happener on her, so that's why she lost her powers, and that's why it came crashing. Is that what happened? Yeah. And then, and then, like, I, then he falls like over a mile and lands just perfectly on top of a pillow, and he's cool. I mean, I just listen, man. I. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You know the funny thing about that was that. Like there, there are a couple of funny things. So Cisco made him an inflatable suit. So if that was all it took to save him, he could have done that without Ralph. And Flash could easily just do his whole circling his arms real fast, slow his momentum, and come down light as a feather. So I didn't know why it was this whole thing. Oh my gosh, what's Barry going to do? It was one of those whack attempts to make Ralph relevant. And they keep trying to force that every episode. And this one really felt stupid because he was just doing obnoxious things. And he was acting like an idiot throughout the episode. Like you, like you mentioned... When he was in that, uh, when they came to the crime scene, and he he just decides, hey, I'm going to throw my arm out here. And I don't care who sees me. And everyone's cool with it. And and they drop the the vase, and it cause all this attention. And it's like, oh, silly Ralph. <laughs> it's just, I can't stand him. He's such a no, the more y'all talk about this show, I keep saying I was going to check it out so I can contribute to the convo, but I don't think I am. This is not a glowing endorsement. It's never a glowing endorsement every week. It's just how much this how much this show sucks. Flash is, is it really bad? Bad? It used to be good. Flash it used was to be good. really, really good. This thing, you, know, you know, it's like every series. I feel like every series has like some lemon seasons. And this one is just a really, really terrible one for them. 
and it's, it's just been bad. Has this been the only season like that? Because you know you can't endure too many of those. No, you can't. I yeah. think this one has definitely been the worst by far. Like, season three, I think they skewed a little too serious, and so they're trying to correct that by going too far to the silly, goofy, comedic episodes where they don't really fit where it's like all right guys i know this isn't as serious as barry trying to stop his fiance slash wife from getting killed but i mean let's let's i mean because ralph is joking around and then like a two weeks ago he was all upset because the girl he like got killed and got her body taken over so they're really inconsistent from week to week and Month to month, it's just this one's a skippable season. But if you and not watch Flash, I definitely recommend the first two seasons. Strong season three starts to get a bit repetitive with the whole speedster thing, but yeah, you can work it. Chase, what do you think about this, man? I say just putting it bluntly, this was a forgettable episode, completely worth skipping. It was not good. Um, I think honestly, in the recap of maybe next week or some other week later on. They'll show the recap of DeVoe's wife, the mechanic, figuring out that she's getting drugged. Like, this was completely free. It was It was a waste of time to watch this episode. Uh, Ralph is a just, they don't, make, they don't make him a good character. I mean, like, like, his comic book persona is actually enjoyable and likable. But this guy that Raider write him is just, like, he's kind of the worst. Uh, you mentioned about the inflatable suit where they made the joke about that. It was like, like, did we forget about that? Oh, Barry has, uh, like you said, he can use his speed powers to slow him down. And I'm trying to figure out, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I got a little issues with the whole mass versus force thing. But him just flying down on a whoopee cushion at the height he was is still not going to actually equal a soft lick. Like, I think he's pretty much splat and killing everything, him and Ralph in that instance. Yeah, maybe maybe Ralph is just making himself a super soft slash firm whoopee cushion, but I don't know. Yeah, okay. The only thing that was kind of interesting in this was Dr. Wells at the end of that. I was like, huh. Like, his kind of, like, using the thinking cap kind of, and it's full potential and the fact that he already knew who the, you know, the two metas were before Clifford DeVoe was, it's like, okay, is he, I mean, like he probably has that thing up to full capacity. So is this going to lead up to why you kept seeing that? Uh, which we kind of assume that person's from the future who keeps bunch, bunching into them. Is that actually going to be lead to next season will be like Flash and Iris in the future having maybe a kid I mean, or something like that, because I thought that was kind of how it worked in the comic book. I actually have to defer to you or Gunner on that one. But maybe, and that's maybe where we start the fawn, the actual real fawn issue uh, about them being in the future. And maybe Wells kind of plays a part in that. So that's the only thing, but I would literally, I would like that if you're watching this episode on Blu-ray in the future, this is a 100% skip episode. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to just end it with my three main questions for this episode. So why do they go outside the why are they standing outside the door of the person they're trying to arrest or at least get some information from and say, this is our plan? No one would need to do that. No one would need to go over the plan in 
hearing distance of the person they're trying to get. Also, why would Barry, who is the Flash, who's the fastest man alive, sit and let her touch him? Like, I mean, even if he doesn't know exactly what her powers are, why would he let anyone touch him? And he's done that in the prison where he didn't care if anybody saw. I mean, he can move fast enough that people can't see him move. And finally, or I'm sorry, I guess I have four questions. Why does Null throw a car into the air? Is she assuming that Barry's going to come at that exact moment? Like, that made no sense whatsoever. So, like, everywhere she goes, she just randomly tosses a car in the air in the hopes that Flash comes. What happens to those cars? And also, why is Barry not fast enough that he can't go up and catch the dude who's falling in the car? Because he didn't care about the car crashing. Which I guess I could have kind of given him some leeway to if he was concerned about the crash debris damage hurting people. But he just let the car crash. And he wasn't fast enough to catch her in the end. I know the show uh, also, has to make him slower than should be, but that was ridiculous. Going back to you, you made a really good point. Like, why would he let her touch her? It's like last week you let somebody touch you and you lost your power. So right. why? It, it just it, you see someone reaching. I'm assuming nah, they they got sun shady. Let me slide away and just kind of let them try and do what they do and figure out what happens. Like. Yeah, so it, it was a really stupid episode. Let's move on because there's too much to talk about. All right, so uh, I'm going to start off with this topic that Javon dropped on me, and I thought this was a lot of fun. So, Javon, I'll let you set it up. That way, you know, have your moment here. Set this bad boy up, and let's uh, try to break it down. Cool, cool. All right, everybody. Um, I watched the Super Troopers trailer, I think Sunday is when I saw it, and Jace, you know, our time at 1.35, we watched some really out there movies. Mm-hmm. And Super Troopers was one of them, even though it wasn't so much out there. It was one of those stoner comedies that we like, right? Now, that was, if I'm not mistaken, what, 2001 when we saw this movie? Probably at the latest, yeah. Probably at the latest, 2001. So I'm going to give it a release date of maybe 2000, right? It's 2018, and they're doing the sequel. And none of these guys have aged well. I mean, nothing. They were probably 30 years old when they filmed the first one, right? The Broken Lizards crew who gave, who gave us, um, who was that, Club Dread as well as Beer Fest. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, don't, don't, don't hold Club Dread again. Beer Fest was fun. Club Dread was, it wasn't dreadful, but it wasn't, it, it, it's like you could stomach it if you were drunk and you were just coming home and it's one thirty, and you have this or, I don't know, uh, her as your options to watch. You're going to, you're going to pick, yeah, you're going to pick Club Dread. But, um, yeah, it, all of that to say, when I saw the sequel to this 18 years later, I thought, damn, man, this is a little late in the game. And it made me think, and I pitched this to Jeff. What movies potentially, what movies have come out that were late, late in the game sequels and what movies are soon to come out or haven't come out yet or, or even in talks that are going to be sequels, but just years, years too late. All right. I'm going to pitch. So gentlemen, yeah, first, that, that's what we got here. So Jace, uh, actually, actually, let's, let's, let's switch it up. Let's go with Chief. Which one, which, what did you have for this one, man? A movie that I wouldn't like to see again? No, the, the sequel came out way too late. 
Uh, bad boys. Bad boys. I don't. Yeah, well, this is the thing. The first one was good, right? Mm-hmm. Now, how long did we have to wait for the second one? Right. But honestly, it was a huge wait. Mm-hmm. And now I heard they're working on a Bad Boys 3, which is another huge wait. <laughs> huge wait, dude. Like, it's on 13 years now. Like, yo, you could have hit Bad Boys, the original Bad Boys. You could have did Bad Boys 2 two years after that. And really, we could have been on Bad Boys 4 or 5 by now. With Kevin Hart. I mean, <laughs> yo, it was... I'm telling you, dude, that was that was disappointing to me. Um... And I was like, yo, why are they coming up with bad boys now? I'm like, that's, that's just, it's way too much. You know, it's way too late. It's a long time now. And not right. saying that it wasn't good. That's not my argument here. My argument is that it was way too late for the sequel. Like, they, that should have came out years earlier. So bad boys was definitely, like, they are stretching the hell out of that franchise. I don't know why they want to make a movie every 10, 15 years. Not sure. <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, if you're going to do the sequels, do the sequels. And plus, but, you know, Chief, to add to that, they old as hell. Martin and Will are 50-year-old mm-hmm. men now. I mean, we ain't that far off it. But to be young, hip action dudes, man, y'all a little off the curve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bad boys. That, was, that, that, that took too long. Hey, it was Chief, way too long. In fairness, Chief, bad boys, too, was bad boys, two and three that was two movies in one so we really kind of got a, a third film out of them already now it's really like the official one but man that movie was i love bad boys too but man it was like two movies it was like wow we're still going so anyway i really like that one good choice you got any other ones thank you no no i'm good all right jace you're up okay i i got uh three uh <laughs> It's, it, it was one of those movies, like one of them, one of, I can, it's like as we've seen on vacation, I can quote every line in this movie. Like, I loved Anchorman. Like, Anchorman 1 was hilarious. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was like a Judd Apatow movie that didn't have that long, like, rehabilitation part. It was literally like five minutes, and then we're back in the comedy. I love that movie. The sequel was... 10 years too late. It was just like, come on, guys. Why Why not just follow the same, I mean, just come up with something similar and make some new jokes. So that was way too long. The next one, Dumb and Dumber 2. Just, it, it, both those guys, that, that was just, that moment had passed. And now the rumor is Bill and Ted 3. Just, just this is one of those times I understand that the studio is trying to give you a million or two to do this movie, but just go like Nancy Reagan said, just say no. So those are my three. All right, Javon. Oh my God! Hold up, before I, I'm real quick before I get to my Jace, are you serious? Bill oh, and yeah, Ted thirty years later. Bill and Ted three years coming. Fifty-three year old Bill and Ted. <laughs> All right, I can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, all right, I got um, two that we've two that we've watched, and 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 some people. It's a toss up. Some people like these movies, and a lot of people don't like them. Uh, Beverly, I'm sorry, not Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, forty eight hours, another forty eight hours. 
with Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte and um, uh, Godfather 3. I'm going to start with um, another 48 hours of, of the two past movies that I chose. Because another 48 hours came out, what, seven years after, or eight years after the original 48 hours? It came out in the 82. And you had a young Eddie Murphy who was red hot. I mean, Eddie Murphy at that time was coming off his SNL success, was getting ready to put out Trading Places. Uh, what Best Defense was getting ready to come out, which he was only in for like three minutes. Um, Eddie Murphy was red hot in Hollywood, man, and that was his coming out party. Um, it, the movie itself captured everything. You had Nick Nolte, who was the ultimate Hollywood white man or one of the ultimate uh, Hollywood white men at, the point, at that point in his career, um, and young red hot Eddie Murphy that everybody had to have a piece of. And it, it worked so well. It worked so well. Eddie was just young and saying whatever was on his mind. Uh, the script was loose. You could tell they would just, it, it seemed like a lot of the, the movie, especially the interactions between Eddie and, and Nick Nolte were, were just off the cuff. It, it didn't seem like anybody wrote a lot of their material. It was just going for it. The second one came out eight years later after Nick Nolte was now a middle-aged dude. And Eddie Murphy had gotten to be one of the biggest stars in Hollywood and really wasn't hungry anymore. And we all know that, like, when comics aren't hungry anymore, that's pretty much the beginning of the end for them. You know, it's always, they're, they're still going to be a funny person because they're funny people naturally, but that just off the cuff funny where you just let them go, that's kind of reserved. That, that's kind of, it's subdued now. It's not reserved, it's subdued because now this guy has, you know, 10,000 acres in, in, in the Hollywood Hills or, or Beverly Hills. He's not starving anymore, so he's not eager to make you laugh. He's He's rich. And that's what you got out of another 48 hours. It was scripted and it was really kind of stupid. And it was too late. It was eight years later. It, it didn't happen in the time frame that it should have. And they really had nothing to go with. It just they, Somebody put together a story and said, hey, it's Eddie Murphy, it's Nick Nolte to make some money. Um, the second one of the past films is Godfather 3. Because that was, what, 20 years later and nobody asked for it. Nobody asked for it. We were just fine with Godfathers one and two. The third one was, I don't know, man. I can't. It's it was Jordan with the Wizards. Godfather three was Jordan with the Wizards, man. It was just before screaming Al Pacino, and they made Al look really old. And I know that was when what ninety, nineteen ninety or so, when that came out. But Al Pacino looked older in that than he did in. Uh, Heat or any movie that he did or, or any given Sunday, anything he did five, ten years after that, it was weird. I, I know it wasn't just makeup. It was just, he just looked really tired in that movie. Um, and it was bad. It was bad. It wasn't just Francis Ford Coppola's daughter. I mean, she stunk, yeah, but everything about it was terrible. It was like they did themselves a great disservice making that movie. And whenever you see a Godfather marathon, it's only Godfather 1 and 2. Godfather 3, for what it's worth, never happened according to AMC. And AMC does their marathon of Godfather. Yeah, Godfather 3, you're not seeing. So that was too late and it was too little. They didn't give you enough. Andy Garcia tried his best. And I think he may have could have went somewhere with it. It's just the movie, the script itself was terrible. They really shouldn't have. And they waited 20 years too late. A Javon? Um, you yeah. said you had two, right? How was your two? Yeah, that was my two. Okay, okay, all right. 
So that I had Godfather three on my list too, and you raised a lot of issues. You know, I think the big biggest problem with that is Godfather one and two are some of the best movies ever, and Godfather three, if it was any, I mean, like if they just changed the character names, I think people wouldn't look at it with the same disgust they do. But I think one of the big things was that in Godfather two, we saw Michael at the height of his game, and he did some real shady stuff, but. We wanted to see more of what was going on with Michael. And I thought this third one was just like everybody hates Michael Corleone. And so he's just beaten up emotionally, physically. He's worn down. And then it doesn't end on that. Yeah. I think it needs to end on a happy note. But, I mean, his daughter dies. And the last scene is him killing over in a, you know, in a desert pretty much. And he's just in a little chair. I, it was, I, I felt like we needed to see more of, of his downfall, not kind of oh yeah michael's this great guy and i don't know i just it was the end of the line and yeah. you, you nailed it we saw a withered old man in michael corleone and that's not where we left off with him right. this, when we left off with him that wasn't who he was or At what all. he would do to yeah i mean kate was so, beating him down in the third one and, and no one wanted to see kate talking down to michael without catching it i mean it was just like what right. is this you gonna talk what to michael right this? there mike would fly over across the room like he had teleportation powers and clock you and this mike's going was strong right and it was just like, dude. And then his son was barely around, his daughter. I mean, I always feel like uh, Sofia Coppola takes so much of the blame, but she was okay-ish. Winona Ryder definitely would have been better, but, I mean, she wasn't yeah. awful. Like, I mean, she wasn't the worst performer I've ever seen in a good movie. I, she, she stood out yeah. as not being good next to Andy Garcia, but... Of course, right? And she didn't have the chops for that. She's yeah. not hating Christensen. We, right. we, we, we beat her up. Uh, I don't think hate that bad either. Hayden's not that bad. It was, that, that was such a terrible script that you couldn't help but be bad within it. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. but yeah, we 100% agree. And I, I read because I was looking up movies, and that was one that was like, oh, definitely. But Coppola didn't want to do it, but he was striking out with some of his other films, and he was like, well, uh, you know, mm-hmm. people tend to like this. He originally wanted to right. call the movie The Death of Michael Corleone, but Paramount wanted to call it Godfather 3, and nobody ended up happy. Because for me, I don't like watching this really cool movie character just stumble through his life. Like, he can't see people betraying him. His sister, who was so... who was kind of on the brink, finally coming around, and now she's supporting him he was just such a weak character and i felt like that wasn't earned like we just had to assume all this bad stuff happened to michael happened in that time and you couldn't you couldn't yeah it was like this is not the michael we left we left off with Mm -hmm. and okay maybe that guilt with the whole deal with fredo tore him apart but we needed to see way more. Maybe, but we needed to see that. Yeah. As an audience, we needed to see it. We didn't need to see broken Michael Corleone 20 years later, right. 25 years later. It was like, come on, man. This, is, this yeah. is torturous to watch. So I I have another in a long string of sequels, another two. So I'm going to go with the first one because this one was a movie that I, you know, it's like rare when there's a sequel. Then I'm like, I don't know if this is a good idea, fellas. For me, that mm-hmm. was definitely Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I had no interest oh, yeah. in watching that movie. And I was like, well, you know, 
Harrison Ford can still do this old Indiana. I mean, he doesn't have to go hopping and flying around and doing everything. He can be a cool, you know, he can just do the Sean Connery deal uh, from Last Crusade. And that could work out just fine. But this movie seemed like it was, there was so much agenda to it. Like, okay, let's gracefully edge Harrison out so we can put Shia LaBeouf in and let him take over the franchise. Nobody wanted that. And it was a silly, goofy movie, even by Indiana Jones standards. And I don't I don't feel like anybody who's, who loved that series before was excited about that movie. I feel like it was way too long. We didn't need a we didn't need old any. We didn't need to see old Indy struggling to be Indiana Jones. And I felt like Harrison Ford was like, I'll do this thing, but I'm not really feeling it. So that was that was definitely another one on my list. And my my last one for a million and two reasons also features Harrison Ford. It's not Blade Runner 2049. It is Star Wars The Force Awakens. This movie, much like Godfather 3, picks up where we've not seen our beloved characters for so long. They've gone through some traumatic events that we don't see. So the characters have to tell us through barely thrown together conversations, kind of offhand remarks. And we're kind of supposed to be invested in this new group of heroes with Ray, Poe, and Finn. But the problem with this sequel trilogy that continues to persist even with the latest film last jedi it's they can't move ahead because they have not addressed all the subplots and characterizations of the old characters and i think if they had made episode seven uh, man when was when was uh all right so george lucas wrapped up revenge of the sith back in 2005 if they if they had gotten around to force awakens even three years Three years later. So they started the sequel trilogy in 2008. I bet more of the focus would have been on Luke, Leia, and Han. And we could have seen what happened. We could have seen this fall of the Jedi. And I just think George Lucas probably wouldn't have gone through so many different changes. Like he wouldn't have crapped on all his characters from before just to get a new generation over who still aren't quite as over. I mean, the sequel trilogy has spent so much time updating us on Luke, Han, and Leia when defending itself right it's like they should have moved they should have moved forward if they had gone 30 years in the future where luke Khan and leia are all dead they were seeing videos we could move forward but i feel like this sequel trilogy is so stuck on explaining hey this is what happened and don't don't hold on to the past move forward but the whole movies are still doing the same thing well it's like yeah you're not moving forward either right your, your, your characters that you're introducing don't move us in any direction. And it's not just because we're holding on to the past. It's because they don't add anything new. Mm-hmm. Every time, look, every time, and I'm, I'm sorry, Jeff, I'm cutting into your point, man. <laughs> every time Luke, Leia, or Han was on the screen, I instantly forgot who they were, I, whether it was Oscar Isaac whether it was uh, uh, Daisy Ridley or, or, or what's my man's name? John Boyega. Of course, I don't know the brother's name. Yeah, John, John Bodega. Boyega, I, not Bodega. That's a totally different okay. guy. Bo, Bo, Boyega. <laughs> <laughs> Every time they were on the screen, I instantly forgot they were there. Mm-hmm. They just don't capture. They don't capture you. 
And I, I felt bad watching Han, like, because it's like, you ever run into a dude that you went to school with? And it's like, you, you, it's 20 years later, you still doing the same thing we was doing back when we was in school, huh? <laughs> exactly. You still, you still owe people, you know, you know what I mean? Han ain't changed, but you know what's funny? Because to me, with Force Awakens, my favorite part of the movie was the first half until they met up with Han and and Chewie. Because I felt like there was a purpose to the movie that totally shifted to, oh, cool, what's up with Han and Chewie? What have they been doing? Where's Leia? Where's Thupio? What's up with Luke? Where's he? And I thought that the first half was fine because we were caring about these new characters. And then the second Han came, it was like, oh, here are the guys you really came to see. And then the rest of the movie was, what's going on with Luke? Where is he? Can we get to Luke? And, oh, he's on this mountaintop. And he's not going to say a word. Watch the next movie to find out. And, yeah, so it's just this weird thing of, like, um... It had its own identity to start with. And then it just throw it away (laughs) for nostalgia. Like you said, like, it's kind of, like, as soon as you saw your fan favorites, it's like, oh, I'd love to grasp on and gravitate to these guys. But, like I said, I came to see these guys. You guys put them in promotional, so I knew they were here. So I don't really care about these guys you're trying to get over. So th- thanks for trying that, but I, I'm here for these guys. Yeah, so those, those, are, those are my three. So, yeah, it, it was it, – I, I like that one. That was, that was a fun one. So I've got one of my own for us to play, too. So I was watching – I'm going to give you my first one right away so you guys can then share yours, and I'll go back on the back end with my other ones. I was watching Gotham. I am very far behind on catching up to where Gotham is right now. I am probably like five episodes back uh, in season four. But Gotham is probably, without a doubt, with respect to Black Lightning, because it's just in its first season, my favorite comic book TV show right now. Gotham was a show, when it started, I was like, I don't know about this. There weren't a lot of TV, there weren't a lot of comic book shows at that point, and people were reading the reviews, so I'm like, I'll stick with it, because people want to read the reviews, and they're checking it out, the stats for it are great, okay. So I was not invested, but as the course of the first season rolled out, I started to, to kind of like what they were doing. And then season two got better. Season three got even better. And then season four has just been really good. I mean, it's like, this is a show that's embraced its absurdity. It's not looking back. And they've really built up this universe of uh, an alternate take on Batman to the point where they're confident and they can do stuff. That's a lot of fun with it. In the first season, I hated one character. Uh, She really stood out to me as the most obnoxious and needless, pointless, waste of time. Get ready to press your fast forward button whenever she came on screen supporting characters. That was Jim Gordon's fiance, Barbara. She was annoying to no end. And then, like right at the tail end of the season, I think the writers actually were like, you know what? It's not working with her. We wanted to do something, but it's just not clicking. And let, let's go a different direction. They went a different direction with Barbara, and it made all the difference in the world with her character. She's so unpredictable, fun, and and she's actually one of those characters every time, every episode of Gotham, she shows up. I'm like, all right, this is going to be great because Barbara's in it. She's going to do something crazy or say something really funny. And so she's a character who I came 
who I started hating, who I have come to love and appreciate. So I ask you guys, give me no more than three TV characters who you started out hating and then however long it took, you started to come around and actually really like them. And then on the flip side, I wanted you guys to find three or come up with no more than three characters who you used to really, really like. And then gradually over time, they became super annoying and irritating and you just can't stand the sight of them on the screen anymore. Uh, Chief, let's start with you on this. All right, I thought you were going to come to me last. Uh, oh, my fault. I did say that. Well, I'm sorry. I did say I would come to you last. All right, Chase, let's go to you first. Okay, so I'm going to go, I'm going to kind of keep it short. Uh, one of the characters I actually hated, but not really hated, but I thought she was kind of annoying, was uh, Laurel uh, from first season of uh, Arrow. It's like it was kind of basically putting in that CW love triangle angle that they basically try to do every time to go. Oh, I love, I love, I used to love you, but I really love your best friend. And it was kind of dragging her scenes on. And he was like, wait a minute. Oh, that's supposed to be black and airy. Like, why the hell is she doing this? So it was kind of annoying. But then kind of as the seasons progressed, she kind of became a more fleshed out character. And she was really good. So I was like, Oh wow. I, like, I really liked every time Laura was on the screen, like this black and her. Of course, then they killed her off and made her black siren, which she's actually, she used to be really uh, cool on that, but now she kind of sucks on that. But that's not her fault. And uh, I hate to say it, but we all know where I'm going. Uh, I'm going to stick with the same show. Jackson, uh, I really used to love. Man, Felicity, the first season was like super cool. She was like awkward, but she never, she was like, that female friend, like, you never actually hit up her because she knows how shady you are. But then you're like, oh, uh, she's cute. And then all of a sudden, she started being the smartest person in the world. And then it just became like, after last season, it was, I mean, a couple seasons ago, where she could basically deactivate a nuclear bomb using a saddle, I mean, a portable device. It was like, okay, I literally can't stand it. So that, those are my, my love and hate right now. Oh, very sorry. But one character I probably will never actually come to like is Ralph right now. Because him on Arrow, I mean, him on Flash, he is literally the worst. I totally agree with you. I, it would take a small miracle for Ralph to win me over. And I don't think they can do it. Javon King, how about you, sir? Oh, man. I got, I'm going to start with my, uh, of course, you start with the ones that you grew to, uh, Love Walking Dead centric for this one. Um, I used to hate the governor mm. because he carried himself with a certain and, and the, the great uh, God, David Morrissey, the great David Morrissey, another British actor uh, on this show, which is riddled with British actors who do us. He did Southern gentlemen so well that you didn't realize if it wasn't for that face, you didn't realize he was British. Cause he has a, I don't know something about British men. Some British men have that face kind of doughy cheeks. You know what I mean? He, he has the British guy's face. If you didn't know it, you would think this guy was a Southern gentleman born and raised in Tennessee somewhere. He's that good an actor. He made you hate him in the beginning stages of this character development. It wasn't until he lost everything 
and you saw this broken man trying to redeem himself, that you said, hey, he's not that bad. But that fire still burned in him, which makes him, to me, probably one of the greatest characters in the history of The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, you grew to, I grew to really like him, and the show is missing somebody like him, a bad, a bad guy like him. Because for what it's worth, you love Jeffrey Dean Morgan, but he ain't no damn, he, he's not David Morris, he's the governor. That's that's my number one. Uh, number two, I watch Rick and Morty, and in the beginning stages, I hated Jerry because he's a sn- he was a sniveling punk. You hated Jerry. He 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 wasn't a man. You know, he didn't stand up for himself. He didn't stand up to his father-in-law. He just kind of let Rick come in and destroy his life and and push him out of his own house. He kind of stepped up in the last year and became a man, and, and and you got to see a little bit of what made Jerry tick. You know, failed expect well, lowered expectations, failed dreams, two kids and a wife later. You know, it's, we, we all go, we, everybody tends to go through that. You know, what you thought your life was going to be, he kind of redeemed himself. You know, um, by stepping up to the plate and saying, "I'm taking my family back." God damn it. Um, third character that I used to hate. And now I really love another Walking Dead character. Uh, no, actually, scratch that because I got a Walking Dead character and characters I loved. And now I hate. Uh, we're gonna go Shameless on this one. I used to hate Frank because Frank was such a piece of garbage. But over the last two seasons, he's kind of redeemed himself as a human being incrementally, not totally, but slowly but surely. He's he's tried to step up as a man and as a father. I really like the, uh, the, the the character arc of William H. Macy's Frank. He, and it, it's William H. Macy, so you know he's going to do a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, now, on to the three that I hate now that I used to love. Daryl Dixon, number one on that list, because Daryl Dixon was really a, a developed character over time, man. He he became uh, – in the, at, at first, he was such a wild card and an outsider to that group. Mm-hmm. To the point where he got to become one of the, the fixtures. He was a he was a, 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 a foundation member of that group. Mm-hmm. He still is, but they've kind of relegated Daryl to just grunts and and and, and stares. His dialogue, I mean, his 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 dialogue, man. Every his lines are just you 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 messed up, or you all you saved those people. They wouldn't be here because of you. Like, come on, man. Daryl was. Daryl was number two behind Rick, man, in the group, and now this is what we got. Him being a bumbling number two to uh, uh, what's her name? What's the girl's name, y'all? Rosita. Rosita, Rosita, yeah. He he's the bumbling number two to her now. Come on, man, get out of here. What happened to him? His contract must be up soon. He must want to leave the show. I don't know. So there's him. Uh. I used to love me some Olivia. What's her name from uh, Law and Order? I used to love Mariska Hagate in that role, but that show has been on since like I was in middle school, <laughs> and I'll be forty soon. It's time, dude. It's, it's just time. There, there's nothing. I mean, yes, the city is New York City. The city never sleeps. There's always a million crimes happening, but Jesus, just just let it go, or or at least let let Olivia retire. Because her still making that lemon face that, you know, that face like she's eating a lemon for the first time. It's, it's enough. Enough. Um, number three, 
that's a strong toss up um, between Family Guy's Brian. I love Brian because he was the voice of reason early, early on in the, in the run of the show. Mm-hmm. And now he is everything that's wrong with society wrapped up into one character who happens to be a dog, which is perfect. This is perfect, right? <laughs> um, um, I'm, I'm going to go with Brian. Brian gets that one. He can keep that one. All right. That's my, that's my six. Not bad. All right. So here's mine because I told Chief he'd go last. So I told you I'm, I'm going to I'm going to start with my hate to love. Uh, so I told you Bar- Barbara from Gotham was my, she's probably my number one. She's the inspiration for this whole thing because I just watched the episode of Gotham. And I was like, this character is so great. And I just, you know, sometimes writers just need to listen to people. And when the feedback was coming that she was a lame character, hope she gets killed off, they listened. And they really could have killed her off because she wasn't serving any purpose. But they decided, we've got we've got a good performer in Aaron Richards. We've been giving her trash material. Let, let's do something to fix her. And they've done a tremendous job of their character. Uh, next up is Tony Almeida from 24. Now, in the first season in 24, I was like, Tony, you're in the way. You're, you're just messing up everything. Listen to Jack, dude. Come on. You're, you're the screw up. You're messing him over. And you're just causing all kinds of problems. But then after that, from the other seasons, Tony was like, Jack's dude. Like, he was helping him. He would go rogue with him. And then they even took some different cool story directions with the character. And I really love Tony Almeida. Uh, Tony Almeida. Thought he's a really good character. Uh, next up, my last one is probably going to be surprising to some of you all, but I hated Jon Snow so much, like probably the first three seasons of Game of Thrones, because I thought he was, he had the lame subplot, he was off by the wall, I was like, this is boring, let's get back to what's going on with Ned, and then the next season, hey, let's get to Rob, Rob is trying to get revenge for Ned, cares about what's going on at the wall, but after John's little trip up to the up further north, where he met up with Ygritte and the rest of the 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 geez, what are the, the wildlings, his character really started to become interesting to me. And then as they've kind of shifted the the series more to him being a principal main character, I've really enjoyed his character growth and where they've taken him from just that bastard kid who was just sent up to the wall to do nothing to be the guy to help turn the tide and, and save all the Westeros. So I've really, really enjoyed his hero's journey. It's been a lot of fun. Now for my, I used to love and I used to hate and I hate him now. Jace, you, you called Felicity and I knew you were. And I was like, no, like, let's get there before Jace. Cause he's going to crap and take Felicity. Yeah. But Felicity used to be the, one of the best supporting characters in the history of these superhero shows. She became the archetype for Flash, for, uh, I mean, to lesser extent, Black Lightning, and definitely Supergirl, that quirky sidekick who was all in the pop culture, who could do everything with the computer to make the life easier for the vigilante superhero. Somewhere when the fans started clamoring for Oliver and Felicity to get together, the writers decided, yeah, let's do that. And even though Felicity was with really nice guy Ray, she was really pining for Oliver. And then right around the time she started mouthing off and getting in Ra's al Ghul's face without getting stabbed, I realized they started taking some different... Um, they were taking Felicity down a path where they really did not need to, where she became 
invulnerable because she was with Oliver. She no-sold getting paralyzed. When she ended their engagement, she walked out of her wheelchair to make her point. She played a beta max tape. And she, I mean, who has, who has anything to play a VCR tape in general, let alone a Betamax, which has been extant since the 90s. Uh, so she did that. And she's, she's that super hacker who can do everything to the detriment of Team Arrow now, where they just rely on her to do everything. And it's more of the Felicity show. Season four was really bad because of the focus on her. So, uh, you know, this season they've kind of turned me around a little bit on Felicity, and I don't find her too annoying. I think since season five they started to rehab her character, but then that whole stunt where she pulled it, the Crisis crossover where she just stole Barry and Iris's thunder just killed it for me. So Wait, Jeff. Yo, yo. I always thought Felicity was a awesome girl that chased her uh, high school crush to New York City. Wrong show. Oh, yeah. Got it. No worries, no worries. All right, so then my next up is Joey from Friends, and this really has to do with those. Let's let's drag it out. Let's stretch everything until we get to season nine and season ten, because Joey was like the lovable, goofy character who was kind of like the little brother to everybody, and he was fiercely loyal to his friends and. I hated the fact that they wasted any time putting him and Rachel together. And I just thought that was such a crummy storyline. And it just is not the kind of thing that a crew of friends would do. And it was just weird. And I never understood why Ross was even remotely cool with it and why Joey thought that was a good idea. But I hated that. And then they started making Joey less stupid. And it's just seasons nine and ten of Joey were no good and could not stand up. And last but not least, my absolute top choice, and I am shocked, Jace, that you did not put this guy on here. Yeah, I'll say Barney from How I Met Your Mother. got it. <laughs> I was like, I was just two seconds. I was like, Barney, Barney, freaking ah, uh, Barney. I should have named this award after him. Can I can I jump in my reason why he should be on this list? No, I'll go with mine, and you can tell yours. <laughs> so, All right, fine. How I Met Your Mother was not the Barney Stinson show until season three. And those first two seasons, How I Met Your Mother, was a great, funny show that finally seemed to be that successor to Friends that every network had been scrambling, trying so desperately to find. And then they got the bright idea of having Britney Spears show up. And Britney Spears was paired up with the only single guy that episode, who was Barney. And everyone loved that episode. And because it was so Barney focused, the writers were like, let's make Barney the focus of the show. And Barney went from being that snarky Chandler kind of playboy who made a quick remark and ran off and kind of did his own thing. And to the main focus, the scene stealer and everything revolved around Barney. And like Joey, he had an ill-advised relationship with the main guy's ultimate crush and it kind of caused this weird dynamic between the three of them and then barney just went from being the funny guy to being this obnoxious clown and i really hated seasons three through however much longer this show ran until barney i mean because barney was he became a terrible selfish character and he was not funny and it was just obnoxious jace what were your reasons Okay, I, I actually have to apologize for not – I must have zoned out and not looking at a Blu-ray collection <laughs> when, I, when I thought of it. Honestly, 
like the first two seasons, like Barney was like the dude, literally, like your boy who does just random enough stuff. And then when anybody asks you why you keep him around, literally was like, yo, he has my back. Like this dude, like falls to bones. This dude has my back. He's literally will not betray you. He will throw you in some awkward situation just to make you laugh or have a good time or get your mind off stuff. Like that was, he was a, a real, real stand up dude. Then mm-hmm. after season three, that dude became the worst person. Like you, there was no reason a guy would trust this guy after season three. Like, <laughs> you, you, you mess with my main chick. I, if I leave you with any of my little chicks that I kind of have a, a crush on, you might hit on him just like, Hey, everything's, everything's fair. As long as you ain't married. It's like, just nah, because. Dude, I'm not, I don't trust you, dude. So it was like, literally, he became such an. He, I'm trying to figure out what's the PG words I can use. Yeah, you can like, say that. It's fine. He's complete. He was kind of like complete douchebag. It was like literally like, get this dude around. Like, there's no guy to trust this guy. He was, he's literally like, he's like kind of that term frenemy. He's like, nah, I don't want some like, dudes don't have those. Like, we get rid of dudes. We we think a dude's shady. We're like, hey, look, get lost, man. I, I lost your number. Yeah. I don't call me. He literally became that character after like after season three, and it was just horrible. I mean, like, cause he was like, like I said, he was a stand-up dude, and then he just became a complete bastard. So, but doesn't doesn't that happen with all of these shows that become like a really popular? Like, it's not so much that they become, I guess, hated character. Well, it's naturally you're gonna hate them because they're getting more screen time and the show becomes more focused on that character. Like, I don't know, Good Times became J.J. Century. Modern Family is now uh, Gloria. The, oh my God, look at my titties. It's like, I'm super Colombian. It's like, come on, man, enough. This was a much better show before we took that route. Listen, Modern Family was a better show before uh, Lily grew up. (laughs) I mean, like, I mean, honestly, that was not her fault. It was just like, Y'all are kind of y'all it's not her fault. They aged her to a wooden little Asian girl. It's not her fault. No, I'm just like, I mean, it's it's just been like, okay, this was funny a couple of seasons. I still have it on on, on my DVR. That literally just keep accumulating episodes. Like when I'm cleaning the dishes, like I'll like I'll get a nice chuckle. But can one of y'all ask a question for me? And that's all I gotta say. Is that show a documentary or what? Is this a family documentary? It's like the office. It's like the office but with a family. I mean, like, and I say the office, I mean the actual office from the UK, not the crap. I don't care what anybody says. I will not watch the U.S. version of the office. The U.S. version is a bastard child. It's a bastard child. The beauty All right, of the Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Yeah. All right, Chief. We, we've gone with our choice. <laughs> What's yours? All right. So we're going to start out in the beginning of The Walking Dead. I hated Carol. Uh, um, she was, she was, matter of fact, she was in that abusive relationship. She was getting whooped on in the beginning. Uh, she couldn't keep track of her daughter, who ended up being a walker. Uh, she was just, I mean, you, you, when you first saw Carol, you was like, oh, this girl's not going to make it. Mm-hmm. She's not going to make it. Um, you know, fast forward a couple of scenes later, you know, she's the hardest dude. She's the hardest one in the group, the group you know what I mean? No joke. Um, no joke. I've seen Carol do some things, you know, you just, 
like my favorite episode with Carol was he told the little girl, look at the flowers. Go oh, look at flowers. the flowers. Aren't they pretty? Yeah. So Carol became one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Also from what The Walking Dead, uh, who became, well, I used to like, but then at the end, I didn't really dig no more, was Carl. Um, Carl came up in the midst of everything. And um, if you look back at early Carl, Carl was one of the the, uh, the wildest characters out there. Like, Carl was like a honey badger. He just didn't give a damn. You know what I mean? He was just <laughs> uh, doing his thing. I mean, he was uh, he wasn't, you know, he was he was like one of those fearless characters. And then, I don't know, somewhere in the midst of this, Carl just seemed like he he lost what was something that made him Carl. And maybe, you know, I mean, I, I, maybe the writing was that way, so that people, by the time they did kill him off, the, the, you would be okay with him going, maybe, perhaps. Um, I don't know. But uh, those are my two from The Walking Dead. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys watch Power. I don't, but go for but, it. Um, well, the main character due to the name is Ghost. He's got a wife. He's in love with this other girl. Works for the uh, works for the uh, uh, like an FBI type thing. Well, the girl he's in love with, not his wife. She was cool at first. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not digging her anymore. Um, it always seems like. Uh, you get a character, something happens between the two main characters, and one character won't listen to the other, no matter what. Like, you've been through all this other stuff together, which is cool, you know, uh, but I'm, I'm starting to not dig her anymore. And I have one more, but... I, Who's that? I think, all, you know, all the... I, you know, the thing was, I, I had it in my mind, and then we started talking about whatever we were talking about just now. <laughs> and I lost it somewhere in the middle of Barney and so-and-so and so forth. So I'm just, I guess I'll just run with those three for right now um, and let it go as that. So those are my three characters. All right. Now, those are the ones you hate. Did you have some that you hated that you now love or like? Um. Well, Carol, Carol was the one that I that I, I hated at oh, first in okay, my life. Okay. Um, Carl was the one that I I liked at first, and I hated. And the other girl was the one that I liked at first, and now I hate. Oh, and uh, the Game of Thrones. Uh, I hated Littlefinger at first. Littlefinger. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the reason why I hated Littlefinger at first is uh, because the guy who plays him. Whenever you see him in the show, he's a shifty dude. You ever, like, for example, in Black Lightning, the dude is running the, the dude is running the ASA. Yeah. yeah. Like, whenever he plays a character, usually that character is shifty. <laughs> so the minute you see him, you know what I mean? The minute you see one of those actors, um, like a Michael Ironside. The minute you yeah. see Michael Ironside, you knew, you knew this dude was going to be Josh Shifty. Yeah. Um, 
You, you know, there's certain people who play certain oh, characters man. all the time, and you, as soon as you see them, you're like, uh-oh. This dude <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. crap with What's up, man? You know what I mean? So you, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You could think of a dude right now that I haven't even named, that as soon as you see him, you know there's going to be some crap. And that's how I felt about Littlefinger. As soon as I saw him, I was like, damn, this dude, every move, every show he's playing, this dude is sexy. Dude, Sam Elliott. Hey, man, I'm I'm trying to tell you, man, you know, as soon as you see him, he's going to, he's going to provide, you know, he's going to put something, he's going to throw some salt in the game at some point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, Littlefinger, I'm watching Littlefinger, and like I said, uh, the minute I saw him, I think he was talking to old girl at the, in the, in the, the house of ill repute. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm watching, and I'm like, man, that dude. I said, yeah, yeah, this dude, he's about to, yeah. I said, he's about to kick off something. <laughs> I said, I don't know him. I don't know. I don't know his 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 character yet, but I know it's not going to be good for anybody. And then somewhere in the deceit and the lies and the trickery that was Littlefinger, <laughs> I was like, yo, this dude is kind of, you know, he's just getting it. He's out there getting it. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, little fingers is 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 is, is, is making a way, baby. You know what I mean? That's what he does. <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, he just like he he was he was always up until the end, man. He was kind of one step ahead of whoever. Mm-hmm. And that's what I loved about him. I was like, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm gonna roll with this guy. I'm gonna roll with this guy, and uh, that's what I did, man. So, like I said, uh, whether it be I don't know if y'all remember Invasion USA. Does anybody remember the movie? Yep. Who was the bad guy in that movie? No. Who was that? This is Chuck Norris movie back from the eighties. I because remember that, that that's now. Really well, that dude there, whenever you saw that dude in the movie, you knew that dude right there. You know what I mean? Like, uh, here we go. And like I said, the dude from Black Lightning, the ASA guy, dude. You knew, you saw, as soon as you saw him, you was like, ah, uh, yep. Yep. So, oh, yeah. little finger, the minute, the minute I saw him, I was like, man, I don't, I don't like the dude because I know he's about to kick up something. And then the more he started doing his dirt, man, the more I just love me some little finger, man. I, you know, I could have watched a whole little finger episode. Just watching the way he moves, man. He was just so slick about it. Um, you know, uh, yeah. So, so at the end, man, you know, I was just like, damn, not my man. That's little finger, baby. No. <laughs> You know, yeah, but he had that coming. <laughs> yeah, little finger, look, little finger had it coming before we even got to know him. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Little finger had that guy coming somewhere in in magical land before we even met him. He was little finger was dirty from the beginning, but the way he did it, boy, I mean, little finger, whoo. <laughs> <laughs> That's my man. I'm gonna pour out a little fruit punch for Littlefinger. All right, fellas. Well, let me uh, let's let's wind this bad boy down. Let's let's go real quick. Y'all don't have to. Cause I'm sure we've kind of talked about it already. But let's let's hear that. Uh-
that dumbest TV character of the week? Chase, let's start with you. Got my man Aaron on that one. Uh, Aaron to be sitting out there in Walker Country, just hanging out. Uh, he has no food, no water. He's just sitting, just going to sleep in the middle of the forest, and just assuming that everything is going to be all right. I mean, I, I, there were some people who did some dumb stuff, but that was just like not even serious dumb, just completely moronic. So he was my dummy of the week. Yeah, I don't know. I can't. I, please let me say something. I disagree because this is going to turn the tides. Aaron's Aaron's play is going to what leads them. Watch they, watch how the forest lesbians come out and be the most clutch of this season. This episode on Sunday. No, no, no. Watch. I don't think I don't think any of us disagree with him trying to recruit them. It was going to sleep in the middle of the woods, assuming the walker is going to show up and start munching on you. We saw what happened to Carl. We give a lot of concessions. We give a lot of concessions. Dude, that would, you had to give a big I'm surprise. You were not all over that one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Orange Chicken number 45 uh, for thinking he could fire Robert Mueller. Um, this guy is consistent donkey of the day, week, month, year. He never disappoints. Chief, how about you? Uh, I'm going to say, what's his name, Simon? Yes, I'm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good one. Look, see, this is the thing, man. I, I and not even because I know everybody's thinking that the other dude should have got low. But here's the thing: basically, you have gone. You know, you shot up the garbage people. <laughs> you know that you were telling these people that you're in command now. You know. Negan is back in the building, and there's nothing to stop anyone from telling him from telling him what you've done. Matter of fact, matter of fact, he gets. You know Negan is sadistic, so he gets in the office. He calls you out on something, makes you kneel like he's gonna bust you in the head with the bat. You tell him, you know, nah, Negan, uh, it's uh. You know, you got to do what you got to do type thing. You know, he's, he's hard right there. Okay, Negan lets him go. Now, as soon as Negan let me out of that room, I'd have hopped in a car. <laughs> and look, I'm, I'm 80 going north at that point. <laughs> I already know what's coming. In the wind. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know what he was thinking, man. He's just chilling around the compound, trying to still take over the saviors. Listen, you had a few savers that were loyal to you, right? Okay. You you take them dudes. Hey, hey, Rob. Hey, Thomas. Sharon. Let's let's get the hell out of here. He knows. You know what I mean? And and then I would have got alone. Um. So he holds court in the middle of the court. So they come out, they shoot everybody but him, right? So he's like, oh, you're a bastard for telling Negan. So Negan's like, yeah, uh, let's settle this in the ring. You don't kill him. First of all, Negan, Negan, what, my man Jeffrey, is he six feet? 
six two. You are six two. You are six two, Rick. You lose to Negan. I, I, I'm looking. I'm like, oh, I said, this dude should bust Negan up. <laughs> Negan's in that joint whooping tail. I'm like, dude, you you know this is to the death. So Negan rocks on. You fight. You didn't run in the first place. So you didn't. Okay, so you try to take over the stages without making sure Negan's dead. Hey, he wasn't. He's he's back. Matter of fact, he's in the next room. So then you show up for that meeting. <laughs> let's gather. Let's gather in the courtyard. Go to the courtyard. Get caught. Then he's like, "Yo, let's fight." And then you lose the daggone fight. <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, like, what are you doing? What are you out here doing? Like, has has has, has anyone seen the forgiven side of Negan since we've been here?" Yeah, uh, it doesn't exist. <laughs> So when you thought he was gonna he was gonna let that go? <laughs> oh man, you it's good, you good. You defied me. Good. You defied me for the last week. You didn't come looking for me. Um you tried to take over my crew, but you know it all forgiven. And you went against my director. It's all you. good. Right. He was gonna kill you anyway. As soon as you found out hey Negan back back you mean back here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He just pulled up. <laughs> just now, outside. He outside right now? All right, uh, go talk to him. Just stall him. Give him stall some coffee. Him. Stall him for about a half an hour, man. I need to go. You know, not not my man. He's showing up at meetings. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm here at the meeting. What's up, nigga? Oh, yeah, everything's cool. What? What? What are you doing, dude? You, 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 listen. You may get killed by a walker out there in the in the in the uh, on your own. You know you're going to die here. That you is a certain You gotta take your chances. My man and that joint in the meeting. <laughs> he showed up, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Present. <laughs> you know what I mean? Talk about donkey, right? I mean, he's in the meeting. He's sitting across mix. from Negan. Negan looking. Yeah, they just chatting. You know? Yeah, Negan. Uh, <laughs> things have been crazy since you've been gone, man. <laughs> you you know they wanted me to take over, but I said, nah. I said, nah. We still, I said, nah. I'm Negan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? I was still saying I'm Negan. Listen, man. You know, I, hey, this dude here. And then on a one on one, on a dude smaller than you, not as strong as you, dude. Negan's been he's first of all he was in a fight. Then he was kidnapped. Then he's been on the road driving back to you guys for what? At least a week. You've been laying in your bed every night, eating good, <laughs> resting. You telling me this dude's back and you couldn't whoop him? Negan had to be exhausted. And he's supposed to beat the skin out of me. He's supposed to go in that joint, man. You know what I mean? He's supposed to beat the skin off me. Was he? Was he? And then loses. And is sitting outside in a zombie face, chomping at the fly. (laughs) (laughs) Bite the air. Looking silly as hell. Bite the air. 
fight in the air. Oh, sucker. That's what you get. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're out there biting the air. I said, what's he biting at? Just biting. You know what I mean? Just oh, dude. Now you gotta. Now you're sitting outside biting for the next six episodes <laughs> till you, till you mm-hmm. ride off the fence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? All because you didn't know that you needed to run. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, Chief. I, I was going to come up with somebody yeah. else, but man, I. Yeah, I think you made a, a very convincing case this time. It has to be the dummy. Dummy of the week. Oh, man. All right. Yeah. Fellas, this this was Thank Thank y'all for, for tuning in with me on this. Uh, I'll see y'all next week. Garner, big shout out, man. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll hear Congratulations. Congratulations, Garner. All right, fellas, we're wrapping up this bad boy here. All right, so that was episode 26 in the books now. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm still recovering from WrestleMania weekend. There was a million hours of wrestling that I watched from Friday or Saturday to Tuesday, and I'm still recovering. Uh, Shout out to Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa for having one of the best matches I've ever seen. If you have not seen NXT TakeOver, definitely check it out. That's it for me. I've got a few movies to catch up on and a lot of TV shows. A lot of Gotham, a lot of Black Lightning, and a little bit of uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So I'm I'm a little bit behind. So you'll see a lot of those on the time stream if you follow me on Twitter or on Facebook. But that's it for me. Hope you have an awesome weekend, and thank you, as always, for listening. This episode of Lyle's Movie Files has been filed.